This week's podcast brought to you by Finders Keepers. Rebecca, the number one song when I was born, uh, the week that I was born, the number one song in America was Cherish by The Association, a classic, great song. Okay. Do you know what the number one song was the week that you were born? No. It was Half Breed by Cher. Really? It, uh, apparently. Okay. The charts don't lie. So we're in the car the other day, and uh, yesterday actually, and a, a song that perhaps was not my favorite was on the 2010s, the 10s spot. And it, the chorus just repeated, like a G6, like a G6, like a G6, like a G6, presumably referring to a Gulfstream 6. Okay. yeah. And and the rest of the lyrics were along those lines. And, and our youngest said, oh, this is the song that was number one the week I was born. I looked it up the other day. Like a G6 by Far East Movement. There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. The other day, I went to the grocery store. Um, I tend to go to the grocery store on the way to pick up our youngest daughter from school, which means I have zero room for error, um, often cutting it much closer than I need to be cutting it in terms of getting stuff at the grocery and still getting to pick her up on time. But also that adds 20 minutes to the return time. So if you're getting ice cream or any other frozen delectable, it, it makes it difficult to get it back without melting. Well, that hasn't been a problem, but I do admit that I cut it a little close. So the other day, I went to the grocery store, came out of the grocery store, once again, cutting it close, loaded up the back of the minivan with the groceries, went around to the front, and the car door wouldn't open. And usually, if the, if the keys are on you, you can just open the door. That wasn't working. And then I was pressing door unlock. And that wasn't working. And what just kept going through my brain was, I'm going to have to call the school and let them know that I'm going to be late to pick up our daughter. I'm going to have to call you, hope that you answer, because I knew you were going out for a run. Hope that you answer and tell you that you are going to have to go pick up our daughter and pick up me because I couldn't. I was locked out of our van. Um, Talk about melting ice cream. And then I was like, well, maybe the trunk will still open. So I went to the back. And the trunk did still open. And then I, so I just crawled through the trunk. Well, this is not a traditional trunk. It's not like the trunk of a Cadillac where where it's just where you store luggage. No, this is no, the no. tailgate yeah. to the back of the van. Right, exactly, to a minivan. So I would have loved so, to see you crawl into the trunk of like a like sedan. cut a hole and <laughs> no, just, find my way to the Just decide to, to pack it in right there. That's No, so I, I put the tailgate up. I put the farthest back seat, the third seat, down crawled over the groceries like army crawling through the car someone my size <laughs> till until i could finally get to the front and i was casually just, waving to to uh, people yeah. in the, in i the mean parking who lot? knows what it looked like you just see me go from the driver's side door to the back to crawl into the car and then i was thinking well if the keys are messed up i'm not gonna be able to start the car i was able to start the car um and anyway my my favorite part about that is i I told you that, that that happened. 
And um, your response was, well, I guess we got to do a pod this week. And my response was, and get the car serviced. Oh, and get the car serviced, yes. <laughs> well, you know, my first thought when anything is happening is this is a good story. Yes, you of know. course. I mean, I, I kind of wish somebody did have the visual because it would just been my rear end going into the rear end of the minivan. Somewhere in, in, in this uh, our vast piles of books here is a book called Bad Trips, which is an anthology of writers writing about bad trips that they were on. And Martin Amos's entry- Having nothing to do with- um, LSD, no. Yes. Martin Amos's entry, as I recall, I hope I can find it somewhere here, is he was in a in a uh, an emergency landing, a a uh, some kind of a plane crash scenario, and he was torn between you know I'm going to die, and if I don't, this is a great story. So, hmm. well, I've told my story of my emergency landing um, on the plane. I don't think at any point did I ever think this is going to make a great story. It was just how do I sprint as fast as I can away from this plane that has an engine on fire. I think my brother, Jim, um, had a Volkswagen Jetta or Golf. Jetta, I think. I don't, I don't know I the don't difference. I don't know the difference between the two. Um, after college, after, after he'd been working for a while at a, at a uh, firm of some kind in Chicago, and he walked out of the office one day with a big boss making idle chit chat. Not an um, overweight boss, but like a boss. He, he may have was, been, but I doubt it. But yeah, big boss meaning. Yeah, uh, boss hog, and yeah. and um, and I think Jim was waiting for the boss to drive away, but the guy didn't. He just stood there. So Jim had no choice but to get into the Jetta. The only way that he was able to get into the Jetta for whatever reason, which was like. Uh, either crawling through the shotgun window or, or entering through the shotgun door and sliding over. I can't remember, but for some reason, the driver's door Jim's didn't work. Jim's not a small dude, and he wasn't a small dude then. Like, first of all, shimmying through the window and then like like maneuvering over the um, stick shift. Yeah. Like, the whole thing sounds well, in your case, like it could be pure you know, comedy. Maneuvering from the back of the van, which I assume was full of, it's usual, has the portable scoreboard, the yeah, greatest Christmas present there. ever. Yeah. Uh, there was a tailgating a, chair. A, a Santa bag of basketballs. Is that uh, that's not in there anymore? So because the boys bring their own basketballs, but there tailgating was the scoreboard, chair. the tailgating chair, the umbrella, and then like emergency flares. And, <laughs> not for not for road disasters, but but for some weird basketball drill that you do. No emergency flares. Um, but and groceries. Oh, you know what? I actually thought of yesterday. I was driving through Hartford, and um, it was at a stop, and next to me was like. I don't know if it was an apartment building or um, or what exactly it was, but it was kind of a like a house, and it had a basketball hoop um, that was you know had seen better days in a ripped net, and it made me think of when we used to go and replace nets, have nets at parks. Yeah, we still have a bunch of nets, and I we was thinking, we should do them in private if, homes. You'll you'll be shot. Yeah, what in would a happen? kind of stand your ground state? Perhaps not. Um, perhaps almost certainly. Well, we don't live in a stand your ground state, but. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, it'd be such a nice thing to just go and replace that um, net on that hoop, but, but, but it would also be dangerous. Rather probably. than replace it, you just you just uh, you just mail them a net. That's true. That's a good idea, actually. Next, if I drive that way again, I'll try to peep the address and I'll uh, I'll mail them a net. 
but yeah, so I had to, to climb over those things and talk about bad trips. Um, the other night I was driving, not even night. Oh, what, what would like 545 count as well, 6 p.m.? This this time of year, dusk. Feels like, okay, so it's dusk. No, but it's, it was, it's dark by 615 because so, I, I went to, at 615 to pick up our daughter from her soccer practice that ends at 630 because I said they can't possibly be practicing it's almost pitch dark, but of course they practice till 6.30, and when she comes up, she says, yeah, it's, it's no problem. Um, so actually then it must have been at least 6.15 because it was pitch dark. It was a Sunday, and I was driving our son to go to his basketball game, and... Can I just say you asked me to pause the recorder because you had to cough. We don't yeah. have a cough button here. So we took what was... We're both drinking this. Coffee? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You had a coffee break. We took a We took a coffee cough break. Well, oh, coffee C O U C O U G H Y. A coffee break. Yes. Well done. I didn't I didn't pick on up on that right away. So anyway, driving our son to his basketball game. And yeah, it's like early evening on a Sunday. And uh we're kind of on a back road in a town, I don't know, half hour from us. And I noticed that the car minivan in front of us doesn't have its lights on. Like, all right, that's it's that time of night where they, you know, they could have started their drive and it was still light and now it's dark. And then I look in my rear view mirror and realize there is a long line of cars behind me. The reason is the car in front of me, the minivan with its lights off, is driving 25 miles an hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. Um, there was no reason that it needed to be driving this slowly. And I, not- I noticed that it well, was, unless your lights are off, it, it was swerving over the middle line and like very swervy until a car would come in the other direction and then it would like abruptly get back between the lines. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, this person is clearly inebriated. What do I do? Like in that situation, do you call the cops? Because by the time they get there, the person certainly turned and you're not behind them anymore. Um, But they were very, it was certainly dangerous to everybody else around. So of course I slow down even more. One, the guy behind me at one point guns his gas and passes me and then realizes it's not me that's slowing and then he has to try to get in between you and the well no he just he doubled down and he gunned it and he was able to get past um the minivan anyway eventually we rode behind this thing for maybe 10 minutes or so i was a little bit annoyed one because the person was not in a condition to drive two because it was going to make me and our son late for (laughs) later than we were supposed to be on our arrival because it was going so slowly um and anyway, eventually the it turned off of the street, but hopefully that person got home oh. without harming him or herself or anyone else. Here's the scenario that I wish, here's how I wish it had played out. You had called the police, they came, pulled that car over, and, and asked you to stay for a witness statement. Making, they, 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 yep. they addressed the, uh, the driver of the first car, and they took your statement, asked if you were okay, said, yes, officer, I'm fine. Okay, well, thank you. You're free to go. And then you popped the tailgate and crawled back into the across car. the groceries <laughs> and the scoreboard children. back <laughs> into the front seat. And then the guy has to pull you over and say, 
I need to test you now. Oh, yeah, that would have been perfect. I have, I think, maybe one, certainly once, maybe twice I've been on the highway here, like 91 or 84, and clearly behind somebody who had had too much to drink. And I have called the police just because you figure on a highway, there's got to be a cop, you know, somewhere nearby who can respond appropriately. Um, but I didn't this time with the, on the side street and stuff. So that's the responsible thing to do, isn't it? Like yeah, if, I may have told this on the podcast. I, I don't know. I probably wrote about it in, in one of my books. But when I was when I was working the Tom Thumb convenience store uh, in high school or college, a guy came in. I mean, uh, he bought like Oscar Mayer bologna and you know a carton of. Paul Malls and uh, you know, a bag of Doritos and a liter bottle of Mountain Dew and like four other things. And he, he, and he set them all on the counter and, and he was, he smelled pretty strongly of alcohol and he was, he was, uh, uh, I rang him up and said reflexively because it was 11 PM and I was, you know, just wanted to go home, watch four hours of, of, blockbuster movies with my brother Tom who got off at work at midnight at TGI Fridays and stay up till five in the morning eating frozen pizzas and, and watching movies. But but anyway, the, 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 I so I said reflexively to this guy, would you like a bag with that? And the guy said, no, I'll juggle them out. <laughs> and that Irritated Did that me. irritate you? Yes. I find it funny. And 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 well, I said I said my response, my would you like to hear my my uh, witty comeback to this I guy? Love, how old are you at this point? Like eighteen? Yeah. Okay. I said, Well, you're drunk and I'm calling the cops. That was my comeback. That was your response. That was my response. I think those exact words. Guess what? He juggled them out. <laughs> he didn't wait for a bag. He scooped scooped it all up, got in his car, and took off. And I did call the police and described the car. I didn't have a license plate or anything. But you know, when you're talking about uh, the car you were behind, I just read in the Minneapolis Star Tribune this week. I think I told you. Yeah, you did. You know, the the readers readers ask questions and they provide an answer. And one of the questions was, my daughter and I, you know, on long drives in Minnesota, play the license plate game, and we get get extra credit for spotting a white license plate that has a W at the start or something. What is that plate? And it turns out that plate is given to repeat offender DUIs and um, other, I think, Im- driving impaired uh, offenses. You don't remember and if, it a, if the w, article said how many are I, on I, the I road. don't, but, it, but it, it, rare enough that, that yeah. um, you know. You get extra points yeah. for that one. And, and it's known as the whiskey plate because w, w is, you know, whiskey is W in the... Uh, you know, do you think somebody with a sense of humor, irony, or of irony course, of course, yes, I think, I think that, that uh, but I don't know that that was the reason. We were at our um, switching topics. We were at our youngest soccer game on Saturday or Sunday, and at a field where there's a big sign as you enter the the uh, area where the the regular size soccer field is that said uh, no metal detecting and I wonder how many times that 
beautiful soccer field had been dug up by people who had, you know, detected a, a nickel under the turf. I've never Maybe seen no a metal sprinkler detector. system, and so the, the metal detector was going crazy because there's metal all over the. Why, why would somebody metal? I guess you because, metal detect anywhere where change falls out of pockets. No, no. The, the answer to why would anybody metal detect there is because they have a metal detector. If you have a metal detector, you're going to metal detect anywhere. Like, does metal detector make sense anywhere other than the beach? I can remember as a kid on occasion, like. Maybe somebody was at the beach because obviously things can always easily get lost under like a watch or something valuable could get lost under some beach sand. But what are you losing at the at the park? Did you well, – first of all, on a soccer field where they're not allowed to wear jewelry or anything and, and, right. and they're only right. playing soccer. They don't have loose change. Um, but, but I mean as a kid – there were times, I'm sure, when I desperately wanted the metal detector. I haven't thought about metal detectors since then. Uh, and our kids, I think, I think once we got our kid, one of our kids, a cheap metal detector that detected nothing. Uh, but, but as an adult, I haven't thought about metal detectors in, in you know, thirty years. Yeah, this this is, a complete... I mean, and maybe that's because I'm not yet retired. It seems yeah, like metal true. detecting is is a, a classic retirement activity. Yeah, maybe. Maybe old guy, overly tanned, you know, uh, on the beach, shirtless, kind of walking around. And 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 are these guys altruistic? They're trying to find lost Rolexes to re and return them to their owner. It, it strikes me as the ultimate finders keepers thing. Like even if even if the guy metal detected my lost watch next to my beach blanket in the sand, right. he would claim it as his own. Right? That would be a great name if you if. If there was a market for metal detectors and you were trying to get into that market with a new company that made metal detectors, Finders Keepers would without question be the best name. That would be that would be the second detector. best name. What would be the, the best, best name? name for a metal detector company and I'm going to start one tomorrow is Losers Weepers. <laughs> you mentioned how a soccer field is a terrible place to metal detect because kids aren't allowed to wear jewelry and stuff and I'm going to throw this out there in case there are any parents with younger daughters or sons, I suppose, because I did not know this with our older two daughters, but our younger daughter had her ears re-pierced. She'd had her ears pierced a couple years ago. They closed. She had them re-pierced at the end of the summer. And you're not allowed to wear earrings during sports, during soccer or whatever. And then one of our older daughters told our younger daughter, they sell clear stud earrings so that you can wear them when you're playing sports um soccer in particular and people can't see them and so they don't make you take them out and they're super inexpensive you can get them at amazon so anyway if there's any parents out there kids want to get their ears pierced but they're worried about having to take the earrings out for sports the clear studs you can't even tell that that kid has an earring in her ear unless her ear. unless the way the referees come by and kick your shins or make you tap your shins to, to prove that you're wearing shin guards they could sweep everybody's at head level with their metal detector. Right, right. That is true. The um, and and I don't know if it would work in basketball because the referees are closer to you um than they are in soccer. But certainly, she's worn them all soccer season for games, and nobody has. Well, sometimes these people with tape over their ears, right? Is that what is yeah, that? Yeah, but for our our daughter didn't want to do the tape. I told her um our middle daughter when she had hers pierced, she would wear a headband, yeah, like a, a hairband, but she would cover her ears. It did look a little bit different, um, but yeah, the clear earrings. 
WNBA finals are over. Um, the Las Vegas Aces won back-to-back -back, uh, titles. It's the first time it's happened since 2001-2002 um, with the um, LA Sparks. And New York had won game three. I don't remember where we were last um, last time we did the podcast. But, uh, and, oh yeah, I had talked about Chelsea Gray getting hurt. Well, she did not play in game four. Neither did Kia Stokes, their starting center. And they were still able to um, to tough it out and win the championship. The Barclays Center was completely sold out again. The environment was incredible. Um, but Vegas, yeah, congratulations to them. They won um, the championship. First time, like I said, back-to-back. -back. Had their parade as we record this back in Vegas mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, and now here we are. It's women's college basketball season. Today I'm flying out to Iowa City to interview Caitlin Clark and Lisa Bluter and, and uh, some of the other players for the Iowa women's basketball team tomorrow. And um, and then the women's college season starts the following week. So this is a year where the WNBA season ends really late and kind of runs right up into the, the women's college season. Iowa City, the easiest place to get to from Hartford, Connecticut, by the way. There's practically a, a, a shuttle. Right? Iowa City. Let's just say is a very challenging, very, very challenging place to get to and from. I don't have trains, but I have planes and automobiles, lengthy automobile rides. Um, Various contingency and, plans for. Yeah, very like. <laughs> Various contingencies. I've already it, I had already planned to go out on Thursday morning as we record this, but something changed. So now we're 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 going out uh, tonight, Wednesday night to to the Midwest. But it'll be great. It'll be fun. I I, I haven't sat down with Caitlin Clark to interview her since the Final Four uh, or talk to her, and and I'm really like her. Really like their whole team. Lisa Bluters, um, who's their head coach and has been there forever forever, is. Phenomenal. So it'll be a lot of fun. You had a nice little three or four days of, of relaxation between the WNBA finals and the start of the college season. After Iowa City, the following week, you go to Paris for a game? I do. I go to Paris uh, for um, the We Play, OUI Play game. It's um, Notre Dame is playing South Carolina. So that'll be interesting and fun. Uh, and then we get into the into the meat of the non-conference schedule in November and December. What happened to the uh, the the basketball solstice between uh, WNBA and, and college? It doesn't seem to exist anymore. I know uh, the night of the final game of the finals, I was getting texts from our oldest daughter who was there and who you met up with after the game, and uh, you were supposed to be driving back that night to Connecticut. And so she was prepared to say a quick goodbye to you before going back to college. And, and yet she said, Mom's still here, uh, you know, uh, this hour after the game or whatever. I, I, like, I don't even know who this person is anymore. And I said, I'll tell you who that person is. That is a person who doesn't have to prepare for a game tomorrow <laughs> or in the coming week. And now this is her This is her 72 hours of exhalation and relaxation uh, before, before she uh, becomes stressed out about the entire college schedule. Coming no, up. it's true. And, and, and every four years, there's the world championships, um, which was last year. And that, and when there's the world championships, the WNBA season ends much earlier. Last year, we were done mid-September. And so there's this great couple week break before the college season amps up. Um, but that's not the case this year. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look. 
grow our lure, reel us in with your pure mail. Just had a couple this week. Our first comes from, uh, oh, from Mark in Dallas. Hello, Mark. Mark writes, uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, greetings from Dallas, writing this while watching the Texas Rangers advance to the World Series. So this is as fresh as today's headlines, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. World Series starts Friday. The Rangers. Does it really start Friday? I didn't know it started that soon. Well, that soon. It's 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 only Wednesday as we, as we speak. I know. Maybe it's because the WNBA playoffs were so spread out, it feels like. <laughs> so the Rangers advanced two nights ago, winning two games in Houston, and they'll play the Diamondbacks, as, as my as our son said this morning on the way to school drop-off, who's going to watch Rangers Diamondbacks? Well, Mark. Well, Mark and many people in, in Dallas and Phoenix and, yes. and probably not as many people outside of those places. Probably not. But, um, you know, they've been, they've been the hottest teams in baseball. That's why they're in the World Series. So it should be fun to, it should be fun to watch. And, and, and without, like, huge marquee players on either team, it's been fun discovering some of these guys. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers, foremost among them. The guy's uh, been a monster. So anyway, greetings from Dallas, right, Mark. Writing this while watching the Texas Rangers advance to the World Series, I have to go with the local team since the Red Sox didn't do so well this year. After a busy summer of sending both of the girls off to college, we are enjoying an empty nest. Even before summer had gotten started, we moved Abby into University of Texas on Memorial Day Monday, just one day after she and her twin sister graduated high school. So uh, Abby, of course, is going to be playing hoops yeah. at the University of Texas. Mm -hmm. I believe she was the first ball and chain signing day and the last. Yeah, I ball think and you're chain, right. Uh, yes. Signing day extravaganza. Known Abby since she was a much younger girl, yes. just from meeting her at um, Dallas Wings games. Correct. So the house isn't completely empty, writes Mark, since we still have our two two-year-old golden doodles, Rudder and Gracie. Rudder with the red tie in the picture. Oh, there's there's photos back. And indeed, here here uh, is Rudder in a red necktie. Is that a nice. is that a dog-specific necktie? Doesn't I, look long enough to be a. Um, a, a human necktie, but I, I like it. Okay. Um, where am I? Oh, uh, Rudder with the red tie in the picture decided to eat an estimated 300 to 400 Q-tips that were in the jumbo package sitting on the bathroom counter Oof. after, uh, yeah. Oof. Not great. I, I was actually- do we, know, do we know for sure that Rudder wasn't just cleaning his or her ears uh, <laughs> meticulously? I was talking to someone yesterday who has a dog and said- how they've had to use the hydrogen peroxide to induce vomiting many times just because um, the dog likes to eat at the time their six-year-old's socks. And, you know, socks, he said, the, the six-year-old's a six-year-old, so he's going to leave socks around even if he's been told not to. And the dog has repeatedly um, eaten socks. He said one time they were somewhere and the dog vomited and out came three socks. So um, what is it about socks? I, I don't know. What is it the about Q-tips? Yeah, I have no idea. Q-tips are not scented, are they? Everything is no. scented now. You you can't stand the scented garbage bags don't that like I accidentally bought once. Yeah, I don't like them at all. I can't no, smell I don't them. like. I, I don't like them for garbage. But what I really don't like them for sometimes, if we have clothes to put at Goodwill or something like that, putting those into the the scent is to me worse than. Well, the scent is to overpower garbage, right? Yeah, it's, it's just it's, terrible. But but scented garbage is is thought to be better than. Just the regular smell of garbage. I don't know, but I, I don't like that idea. 
But um, but yeah, you're right. Q-tips. I don't. I've never seen scented Q-tips. I can't imagine that's a thing. Anyway, keep reading. What what what? I mean, imagine somebody's working in a lab, trying to come <laughs> up with a scent that that pairs well with the garbage, because because the scent itself has to be mixed with the scent of like thrown away leftovers and stuff. Right. To create a scent that they think is less foul than the garbage itself. And it's not. Well, it's it's like the bathroom spray that that my mom was a fan of as a kid. You know the lilac scented bathroom odor. Right. <laughs> Just eat more lilac. What? Just eat more lilac, and then well, you'll yeah, get the yeah, same scent. I guess so. I, I, you know, I haven't been eating enough lilac. Yes. Uh, my my, I'm I'm potpourri deficient. Where was I? Oh, uh, so Rudder was eating Q-tips. After asking what would Rebecca and Steve do if this was their dog, we called the vet and took him in and had an x-ray taken. And a couple days later, Mother Nature took care of the things and he was fine. And, Mark doesn't add, his ears have never been cleaner. <laughs> in mid-August, we checked Paige into college at the University of Texas in Arlington. In the very heart of Texas Ranger country, Rebecca, they play in Arlington and always mm-hmm. have. Uh, we, in mid-August, we checked Paige into college at the University of Texas in Arlington, where she's doing well. Paige always asks me why I never talk about her in my emails to you, just Abby. Well, let me intru- introduce you to Paige, Abby's twin sister. Hello, Paige. Hello, Paige. Paige is a two-time cancer survivor. She was first diagnosed when she was four years old with a tumor that was taking up 90% of her chest cavity and then relapsed when she was seven years old when the cancer showed up in her brain. After a couple more years of treatment, including two weeks of brain radiation and 12 spinal taps, a.k.a. lumbar punches, bringing the total lumbar punches to over 75 plus during her treatment for cancer through the years. Wow. Glad to report that Paige has been cancer-free for 10 years now without any treatment and is a thriving freshman in college. Incredible. Congratulations. That is awesome. Paige, congratulations. I, uh, it's, what, what a story. And we did mention on one of the podcasts, didn't we, that spinal taps or lumbar punches. I think that's why he, he added that parenthetically. Yeah, that it sounds, sounds familiar, familiar that yeah. one of our medical uh, correspondents yes. pointed that out. Uh, fantastic. And, 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 and flanking Rudder in the red necktie are Paige and Abby and, what looks, oh, and the second dog. Who's, let me see if the second dog – second dog strangely devoid of, of – uh, Business attire. <laughs> casual casual Friday that picture was taken. Okay. It seemed the right time to share Paige's story of encouragement with prayers and words of encouragement for DGS with the Jimmy V Classic coming up in December. I remember watching his team win the Final Four and watching him deliver a speech at the ESPYs some 30 years ago, never thinking I would someday have twin daughters, one that would beat cancer twice and the other one be playing in the Jimmy V Classic. Oh, yeah. That's wow. cool. Don't give up, don't ever give up has always meant a lot to me, um, writes Mark in Dallas. It just so happens, he adds, that Texas women's basketball will be playing the Yukon Huskies on Sunday, December 3rd in the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. Hopefully, Rebecca will be on the broadcast of that game. I will be in Austin on December 3rd for the Yukon at Texas game. You will be. I will be, yes. I'm excited about that. It's going to be a great game. I believe that's on ABC as well. Wow, so so this this is um, this is all coming. Yeah, I can't I cannot wait to see Abby. This is gonna be so cool. So I'll get to see her. 
uh, I think it's a late afternoon game. Maybe it's an early afternoon game, but hopefully um, Texas practices that morning knowing Vic Schaefer. They probably will, and I'll get a chance to see Abby and talk to her before the game, which, I, I, which I would be great. I assume Mark and perhaps Paige will be there. I hope so. But you will definitely be there. I will definitely will, be there. You will be sure to say hello. Yes. So Abby used to come see you at the... Dallas Wings games. Announce table or where? Yeah. Well, just usually after games when we were kind of loitering around, she she would come over she and now say hello. past that sideline threshold to be now on the I'm other side of the- Now I'm going to yeah. seek her out and say hello to her. Incredible. In closing, writes Mark, after another great WNBA season, congratulations to the Aces. That means the NCAA women's basketball is right around the corner. Praise the Lord and hook them horns. Praise the Lord and hook them horns. That should be the- That should be the- uh, that should be incorporated into our logo, the ball and chain logo. That should be the new slogan of the podcast. I like it. You're, you're, you can't go so far as to say hook 'em horns as the, but uh, well, it could be hook 'em, hook 'em chains or hook 'em, hook 'em something else. I don't know, but uh, hook 'em horns. I mean, my my uncle Isaac and my uncle Pat lived in Houston, and just you know from Cincinnati, but just completely adopted the entire Texas persona and hook em horns was a big thing and he sent me a uh, a steer like a, a plastic i don't know like a molded model of a steer with with the big steer horns you know yeah when i was a kid that was on my shelf next to my bed all through my childhood i wish i had that thing to this day i don't know where i don't know where it went i wouldn't have thrown it away on my own you know it yeah. presumably is out there somewhere if i could somehow i'm gonna look on ebay and, and look for molded steers on eBay and see if I could find that. I would love to have that back. It was next to the clock radio that my brother melted uh, on the shelf next to my bed. A PS, all the best, Mark in Dallas. PS adds Mark. Uh, September 28th was my wife's birthday along with Paige and Abby's birthday. So She had twins on her birthday. You, you, you the I slacker, had only slacker. one on your birthday. Yes. Uh, and September 20th, a week before yours and our son's birthday. September 28th was my wife's birthday along with Paige and Abby's birthday. So what does a parent do? Well, we drove to Austin to have breakfast with Abby and then back three and a half hours to have lunch with Paige and back to Dallas to take my wife for her birthday dinner. As you can see- The, on the trifecta, I love it. Yeah, everything in Texas is, is a long drive because yeah, when Houston yeah, was playing uh, the Rangers in the ALCS, the kids were asking how far apart- those two cities are. And I said, yeah. that's a three and a half hour drive. As you can see, there's another photo here, Rebecca. As you can see on the way back from Austin, we stopped behind enemy lines in Waco to visit Chip and Joanna Gaines's Magnolia shops where the ball and chain swag was with us. Look in the lower right corner. And here is welcome to the Magnolia silos, uh, home goods, baked goods, all good with a ball and chain coaster right there uh, next to the sign. I think actually in January or February, I'm doing a Texas-Baylor game. I think that one is at Baylor. And I'll, and I'm assuming he just left the the magnet on for the photo, but I'll go check just in case it's, it's still coaster. there. Hmm? I think it's a coaster. Oh, a coaster. Okay. I think you're thinking of magnet Magnolia shops. You went there once, didn't you? I did once uh, when I was doing a Baylor game. Holly Rowe and I went. Waco is also is Waco not also the home of Dr Pepper? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, maybe I don't know. Definitely Texas, but I don't know if it's Waco. I think it is. Um, thank you, Mark. 
best of luck to Abby this season, a page at UT Arlington, and um, we'll be we'll be watching. Yeah, better believe it. Courtside. Well, you'll be courtside. I'll be courtside. You'll just be watching. I'll make an exception for watching one of your games when, when Abby you. is playing. Appreciate that. Rebecca and Steve writes, oh, George and Columbus. Hello, George. George and Columbus, I mean, I think probably best known as uh, as our uh, eye care professional, emeritus. Second, secondly. Secondly. But this time of year, what do we think of when we think of fall? We, we think, think of, of pumpkin <laughs> spices. We think of-, of uh, Pumpkin lattes. Foliage, fall foliage. Mm-hmm. That's- Numbers three and two. And number one, we think of George, our our, our gourd artist. Yes. Vincent Van Gord, I like to think of him as. <laughs> Rebecca and Steve writes, George, congratulations on the sixth anniversary of your podcast. Was it our sixth anniversary? That seems crazy, but maybe. It's appropriate that we treat our, our podcast anniversary the same way we treat our wedding anniversary <laughs> and don't acknowledge it in any way. Pretty much, yes. I didn't. I didn't have any idea. I wouldn't have been able to guess within two or three years how long we've been doing this. I, I, same. Ball and chain. Six year. That's what Oof, he says. I believe. Additionally, him. he says ball and chain has now surpassed the five season run of the Brady Bunch. Like the Bradys, you and the listeners have managed to create a family of our own. So it is quote much more than just a hunch that this year's pumpkin, the B and C Bunch. Includes the names of many of your loyal viewers. Apologies too for all all for apologies to all of for any omissions or misspellings. Happy Halloween, George and Columbus and Rebecca. Here is a photo of the 2023 uh, George and Columbus uh, carved pumpkin that we we. It's incredible. Await with. Uh, I mean, this is incredible. It is the B and C bunch, the Brady Bunch themed pumpkin. I, I can't do it justice by describing it, so we will. Post a picture. Yes. And oh, on uh, the Instagram, which I believe is at ball and chain podcast at ball and chain pod. What are we on Instagram? So Easy you, enough to find. Just put those things in. Once again, my head itself, a rotting pumpkin mm-hmm. uh, carved onto a not yet rotting pumpkin. It's amazing. And, and, and there's yours, your uh, very, very healthy head on the same <laughs> pumpkin. And it's at Ball and Chain Podcast on Instagram. And something I learned yesterday while listening to, I don't know, the 80s channel or something on satellite radio that uh, they played, uh, well, it would have been the 90s channel, they played uh, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And the DJ said that, uh, she said, what I love about Smashing Pumpkins, uh, I don't know, it was Twitter feed or something, is that the bio is smashing is an adjective, not a verb. So, you know, they're they're not, they don't advocate smashing pumpkins we mm-hmm. certainly don't advocate smashing this beautiful pumpkin that george carved us of course not rather they are smashing pumpkins like you look smashing right i suppose yeah so what has george sent us he has sent us once again a smashing pumpkin thank you george <laughs> excuse me i should have used the coffee uh break button there apologies for any omissions or misspellings we will we will uh Get a closer look at the names later, but there's plenty of, of uh, loyal viewers carved onto the pumpkin from Happy Halloween, George and Columbus. Thank George. you, George. Happy Halloween. Well, I'll post the picture that he sent, and then when the pumpkin comes, maybe I'll do a 360 video of the pumpkin that I can post. Oh, a 360 video. Yeah. 
That's all we have, Rebecca. That's all we have. That's that's plenty. So, for producer Denny Gallagher, who, who we have to get in basement very soon. Yes. It's been too long. He has yes. too much going on. And uh, it's, and we'll do that in the, in the coming weeks. We'll have, we'll have difficulty getting you in basement in the coming weeks as well. <laughs> I'll be here. Um, but for Tom Dakari, for producer Denny Gallagher, uh, as always, Dr. Gary Siegel and his family are in all of our thoughts. Um, that's it for this week. Yep. Tom Dakari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.